The Allen Alda Tennis Method. How to teach actors how to play tennis. Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Well, if you're looking for a tennis partner, you came to the right place. Join BackhandCity.com today and join our free Find a Partner tennis service. All you need is your first name, last name, and email, and then you'll be logged inside the dashboard where you can add your tennis pitcher profile what you're looking for when you're available, and what level tennis player that you are, and the type of workout that you're seeking. Log on to BackhandCity.com today to start your free Find a Partner tennis service. Well, today's topic, Alan Alda Tennis Method, how to teach actors how to play tennis. Now, I stumbled upon Alan when I was playing at a house in East Hampton. We were playing a doubles match. Uh, we hit it off right away, and then I got a phone call from his office, and he became my tennis student for several years when I lived in the Hamptons and in New York City. And one of the things that was really interesting about it was that he wasn't really interested in traditional tennis instruction. He wanted to just learn through performing. Not surprisingly, was it? So when we got there, we had a little bit of a collaborative effort, and we quickly discovered what worked for him. And it became so successful, he started beating some of the players in his regular program, and it became a, quite a fun little adventure helping him improve his tennis game. So today what I'm going to do is go through the six different points that we used to work on his tennis game. Now, I called it method acting. I'm not an authority in method acting, but I'm going to take parts of the method acting methodology and translate it to tennis so you can see how we kind of navigated through this, and it really helped his game a lot. Tip number one, we limited technical instruction. We didn't do a lot of drilling. I didn't have a ball hopper. We talked about really basic fundamentals just so he would have some awareness of what the racket face was doing according to the path, but we didn't spend a lot of emphasis on it. Obviously, through pure physics, it's really important to understand that, but it wasn't a repetitive thing where we worked on biomechanics over and over. So first tip is we offered little technical instruction. Tip number two, there was a very brief warm-up. He would warm up very quickly. There was a warm-up, but we would get right into playing really within a minute or two of the warm-up. Tip number three, psychological technique. Now, one of the things we kind of agreed upon here from a pure psychology is that I was going to try to reward him when he played well, and I was going to try to exploit and punish him when he played poorly. So in other words, there was no customer tennis. If he hit a bad ball or a bad shot, my job was to turn the tables, use that leverage and try to exploit him and put him away. And what he would do is really just pick up on the psychology and the chess match and the gamesmanship 
So we talk a lot about that, not necessarily during the play, but on changeovers when we were taking a break. Things stayed pretty fluid when we were playing. Uh, Tip number four, things were regimented. There was a certain pace to the game. There was no lollygagging. There was not too much chit-chat. It wasn't social. We tried to replicate game situations as much as possible to create that sense of urgency, just like you were on stage or you're in front of a camera. It's go time. Action was a big part of what we did. Point number five, situational training. Again, on the changeovers, we talk about certain situations where he could leverage his assets and other areas when he got in trouble and how to turn the tables and work from an area where he was on the defensive. So a lot of situational training was going on, and then we just kept picking up the situations that came up the most, and we just rehearsed them over and over, not unlike an actor memorizing a script. And now finally, the point number six was collaboration. As you can see, tennis is a natural conversation. The ball's going back and forth, and you only have – 50% control of the outcome. Now, tennis is not really always on a script. Most of it is improvised. Now, you can understand tendencies and you can understand certain uh, tactics and strategies and percentages, but a lot of it is just an ongoing conversation, much like when you're acting. And so we got into some things where he would tell me how he would handle certain scenes in movies and television shows and things like that. And one of the things with the collaboration is he really wanted to get to know the actors he worked with. He just thought it made the performances so much better the more in tune you were with your acting partner. And I think it works the same in tennis. The more you're in tune with your opponent and yourself, the better you will perform. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. Don't forget to log on to iTunes and rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you get notified each day with a fresh episode. And of course, if you're a fan of the ATP and WTA tennis stores, log on to Backhand City every day for live scores and results from the world of professional tennis. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. That's when push comes to show. I knew it all along